Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We are in a brand new series called Letters to Leaders. And episode one, here we go. First thing that I need to set up for this is that all Christians are called to be leaders in some area of life. We sometimes look at leaders as the person out in front, but as we go through this, we're going to see that it's not necessarily the person that's out front. Uh, John Maxwell said quite simply, quite simply, that leadership is influence. So using that definition, John Maxwell's definition, that means everyone is a leader because in situ certain situations everyone has a level of influence over someone else. So this series which is called Letters to Leaders is focused on what's called the pastoral epistles of the Bible written by Paul. That's 1 Timothy, yeah, 2 Timothy, yeah, yeah, and Titus. These three books were was directions that Paul was giving to uh, Timothy and Titus regarding leadership. And so we're, we're going to take some time. We're going to walk through this because leadership, as John Maxwell said, is influence. So we are all leaders and we want to be leaders that reflect Christ in our leadership. So the weight of leading others and reflecting Christ is placed on the shoulder of every Christian who is also empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring about change. So our functionality in this is that we want to be leaders that cause change and to help people to transform from who they presently are and to conform into the image of Christ. That is our goal. That is where we are maneuvering to, where we want us to go. And so our subtitle for this episode, our very first episode, is quite simply, this is you. You are a leader. So this pertains to you as much as it pertains to the person that you think is a leader. Because a leader is anyone that influences. I had to let that sink in. A leader is anyone that influences. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this. This is our very first episode, so you know I got to do some foundational things. First thing that we got to do is what? Definitions. First definition is what is a leader. A leader is one that leads or conducts, a guide, a conductor. That's what a leader is. So if that is what a leader is, what is lead? Lead is direction given by example. So a leader is one who provides direction that's given by an example. So what we are saying is our influence also 
is based upon the example that we provide. That's why we say it is not, it is not a good thing to say do as I say and not as I do. Why? Because what you do is more of an example than what you say. I just had to drop that one on somebody real quick. We're going to be in two sets of scripture. The first scripture that we're going to be into is 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, and the 20th verse. It says, therefore, this is the English Standard Version. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So 2 Corinthians 5 and 20 says that we are all ambassadors. We are all representatives for Christ. And that God is making his appeal through us, using us as those examples, as the points of influence on others to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. God's desire is for us to be reconciled back to him. And so we are those examples. This is how we influence. This is how we lead because we are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. An ambassador is the representative of whatever entity that it's an ambassador from. Our next set of scriptures is going to be coming from Titus, the second chapter, and the second through the eighth verses. Again, English Standard Version, it says this. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders, or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be revealed. Reviled, I'm sorry. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity and uh, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask that it will rest upon the good soil of our hearts. So let's, let's look at this leadership thing. This is you. I'm not talking about any. I'm talking about you. You are the leader. You are the person of influence. Now, you may be sitting there arguing with me, saying I ain't no leader. But if you have influence, then you are a leader. If you're a parent, you have influence over your children, right? If you are employed, you have folks that are around you. They may not be your supervisors. They may not be your subordinates, but there's folks that listen to you. So you have influence. If you are involved in uh, social areas, you have people that listen to you. So you have a level of influence. We all have levels of influence. We all have people that are influenced by us. Just like people influence us, we also can influence other people. So our goal is to influence them 
to conform to the image of Christ. Not to conform them to be angry, bitter, and all this other stuff, but we want to help them to have victory over whatever is ailing them, ailing them, ailing them, ailing them, ailing them, and to help them to become more like Christ. Ken Blanchard, who is a guy who's all about leadership, they call him a leadership guru, points out the fact that the people that have influenced us most are not always in the position of the organizational leadership over us. It is the people who have life role leadership in our lives. Folks that you, know, you sit down and maybe be eating lunch with or you're interacting with. The CEO, the president and all of them really doesn't have the same level of influence as your buddy at work, as your uh, friend. As the, so us looking at leadership as just being this hierarchy, we actually miss the point that leadership is influence. So when you are influenced, someone is leading you. Okay? Now these three books of the Bible, these three epistles, we could actually say, and I mean, we could really restrict the scope of it and say it's only talking to church leaders. But I don't believe that Paul was just writing about church leadership per se, but he was talking about leadership as the church. You see what I'm saying? He's not just talking about church leadership, but he's talking about leadership as the church. Remember what we've, what we've brought up before, that the church is not a building, nor is it a location. It is a mentality. It is a way of living. Because each one of us are the church because the Spirit of God resides in us. So our influence based upon that becomes leadership of the church. So it's not just, a, although he does mention pastors, he mentions bishops, he mentions deacons, you know, he mentions elders, he mentions all these positions, but the characteristics that he's talking about are for everyone that is an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. And like we said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 20, we're all these ambassadors. Now, we don't have to have the title ambassador to be an ambassador. We just reflect the mindset of the country that we represent, which is the kingdom of heaven. So all Christians are given uh, specific gifts to glorify God and to edify the church. All Christians are called to live holy lives. It's not just the leaders, it's the entire body because remember, the church is an individual, but it is also many parts brought together in order to reflect the diversity of this world, and also to reveal that God loves us all. 
And so because we all have influence, we are all ambassadors for Christ. So we cannot set the priority of uh, Christian leadership, church leadership, to just be the church when the church is not a location, it is the entire body. It has to have the, the understanding that it focuses on an entirety. It focuses on a community. It cannot be only narrowed down to specific roles. So I want to get it out of our minds that this is only for the pastor, for the elder, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the folks with the, the uh, ecclesiastical titles. This is for everyone that is a part of the body of Christ. Now, you might be saying, but, you know, we always had this, you know, the leadership, the church leadership, and then the laity. But see, that has caused a problem because we then have set up this mindset where the leaders have to perform at this level. And because we're not the leaders, then we can perform at a different level. But that's not what God calls. He, all, he calls us all to holiness. He calls us all to righteousness. He calls us all. If you are an ambassador, if you are a member of the church, then you are also a part of those requirements. Though the, the tier requirements were made up by men, but God says we are all required to live holy. So if you think about it, the, the, mid, the medieval church had the uh, priests, they had the nuns, they had the bishops, they were the leaders in the church. Not only were they church leaders, but if you wanted to really grow spiritually, you would need to leave the normal world of the laity and become one of these holy ones. So there was this harsh separation of the separate, world, separate worlds of the monks and the uh, priests and the secular world of everyone else. So there was all that in a bag of chips, and you, if you weren't a monk or priest, you know, none or any of that, you were just worldly. But then we had what they called the Reformation, a reforming of this mindset. And this thought began to press upon us that, that we were all called into the priesthood and that all believers were part of the priesthood of the kingdom of God. So there was not this the man-made chasm that was created was eliminated. And we were all the same. We were all equal. We all had the same level of responsibility, same level of requirements, so that there was no loopholes that we could try to run through in order so we didn't have to maintain the integrity of the kingdom of heaven. Now, somebody could just be jumping up and down like, like, you know, like a baby throwing a tantrum saying, but I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to be a leader. But you know what? It don't matter. 
It doesn't matter. Everyone has a level of influence in their circles, in their environments. So you are a leader in one way or another. Like I said, it could be your work, it could be your family, it could be uh, something that you like to do, it could be a place that you like to go. Everyone is a leader. If you're a coach, you're a leader. If you're a teacher, you're a leader. If you're a manager, you're a leader. Parents are the ultimate leaders because they are disciplining their kids, and that's whether they're Christians or not. They are the ultimate leaders. Parents are training their kids in what it means to be human, to live a good life, believe in God, and practice ethics. The question isn't, are you a leader? The question is, where are you a leader? Where are you leading? Where are you influencing? Where are you doing these things to cause people to conform to the image of God? And so now we're going to pull in the second set of scripture from Titus, the second chapter, starting at that second verse. And so what we have to really be a part of, of, of understanding is that generations have to give back to the next generation. And it becomes this I've gone through this trail, so to help make it easier for you, let me help you understand what you're about to come into so that it can become easier for you. So what we want to do is realize that the older men helping the younger men is, uh, is also, guess what? Influence, which we've already discussed, is leadership. So the older men helping the younger men to learn how to navigate what it is to be a father, a man, and a male. The older women helping the younger women to understand what it is to be a wife, a woman, a female. As, as they're helping them to do that, that's leadership. So this is the process that we go through, that we influence one another. As Paul was bringing it out, okay, you older folks, help the younger folks so that they can understand, so they don't fall into the same traps that you fell into, so that they can be a little bit further along, so that they can be a little bit more mature, so that they can go a little bit further than what you went through. And as we do that and help one another, then they, in turn, start influencing their generation and the generation to come. So this becomes this process of influence all the way down. One of my favorite stories when we're talking about the, the effects of generation is um, this mother, her, this, uh, mother and her mother and her daughter were all in the kitchen. And the daughter was preparing a ham for their Sunday dinner. And as she was up there preparing the ham, she asked her mom and said, Mom, why do we cut off the, the back end of the ham before we put it into the oven? And her mother says, you know what? I don't know. And she said, Mama, why do we cut off the back end of the ham before we put it in the oven? And the, and the grandmother says, I don't know why you two are doing it, but I did it because my pan was too small. 
And so this shows the effect of what this grandmother did, how it affected the mother, how it was affecting the daughter, and now that they have an understanding, it, not, it may not be a necessity any longer. But that shows, not because the mama said to do it, but because she did it, and the daughter saw her, uh, and then her daughter saw her mother do it, so it just became this process. This is the same thing that we do. We influence the next generation, the majority of the time, by our actions more so than what we say. But what we want to do is ensure that the things that we say are corresponding with our actions so that they can uh, get a stronger understanding of the why, the because, uh, so that they can move forward and get a better understanding and then be able to convey that to the next generation. We want to help the next generation to move a little bit further than when we were at the time that they are currently at. So we want to push that and we want to do that. And so the reason that we want to pass down this knowledge, to pass down this influence, the reason we want to have these generational leaders not only is so that we can have the mentality so that if anybody comes against us, they will not be able to say anything detrimental to our efforts, but all they can say is the fact that they do it this way and I don't like the way they do it. Instead of justifying themselves by saying because they do it this way it has this bad effect but for instance they show love and concern for one another I don't like that okay you don't have to like it but that's what they do and it causes others to be drawn to them because of that so we want to create environments where we can influence people and that we can cause others to become more like the image of Christ. This is you. You are a leader. You are the person. This is not something that we pass on to anyone else, but we have to understand that we have a level of influence to others, for others, and so that we can cause them either generationally or by our spear to become more like the image of Christ. More elevated in how they live. More focused on hope, peace, joy, long-suffering, self-control, that we can elevate them to a point whereby not only are we becoming more like the image of Christ, but we're helping others to do the same thing. That's episode one, y'all. This is you. Now, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day as any. Because you want to have the character, the attributes that are necessary for 
leadership or influence that will lead and influence folks in the right direction. Why do I call it the right direction? It's because God created you. And because God created you, he knows what's best for you. And he also has a purpose for you being on this earth. Instead of you trying to fall into your purpose, if you accept Christ in your life, and he will reveal your purpose to you. And by bringing in other believers around you, help you to fulfill the purpose by which you were created. The very uh, simple process by which this is done is by accepting Christ into your life. And that is done, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now, that word saved means rescued or delivered. So what is saved, rescued or delivered from? It's delivered from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death, eternal death. But the Bible says that because of Jesus Christ, you can now have the gift of eternal life. But you have to accept the gift. And the way that you accept the gift is it to believe in your heart and to confess with your mouth. The Bible also tells us that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, rescued, delivered. And so we want that for you today. And if you've made that decision today, let us know so that we can come alongside you, encourage you, assist you along this journey. So that we can help you to become more conformed to the image of Christ. And that you can become the godly influence in your spirit that God desires for you to be. If you're on our platform, click on that button, let us know, and we will get some information to you. If you are on our Facebook, let us know by sending us an email at info at godshousecc.com, and we will get you some info to help you along this journey. We are in this together. We are influencers one of another. We are leading one another to righteousness, holiness, and to good works. Well, friends and family, that's all that we have for our very first episode. I'm going to tell you one more time. This is you. You are a leader. You do have influence. Let's use it to give God the glory so that he can cause more people to conform to the image of his son. Well, that's all we have for this week. And until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus name. Let's go ahead and do our benediction and we will call it a day. Here now is the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you and lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord give you peace and now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory, majesty, dominion, and power. Both now and forever. Amen. Until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. <laughs>